Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittes, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is Monkey See, Monkey Do. And that is a fun title because this morning... I was reminded of this concept, monkey see, monkey do, and it's because I have a little monkey at home. He's uh, about 21 months right now, and he does things that I do whether I realize I'm doing them or not. So nothing like a toddler to bring awareness to things that may be unconscious. So I'll give you some examples. Um, <laughs> we, I was moving him from one room into the other. He was a little bit fussy. This isn't this morning. Uh, This was another morning. And I had a book of his. It was a little bath time book. So it's, you know, foamy and light and, um, you know, no rough edges, no hard covers, nothing like that. It's it's like a foamy, floaty book. Okay. And I had plopped him into the living room and he was kind of fussing about something. I'm not sure. And I had that book, and I wanted to get it to him, but I was also in the middle of doing something else. So what do I do? I kind of frisbee it in his general direction, not towards him, away from him, so that he kind of have to go get it, and that would hopefully buy me three seconds of distraction so I could go do whatever it was I was going to do. Um, and he saw me do that, and so what does he do? He grabs the book and starts throwing it. <laughs> and what do I say? Hey, don't throw it. <laughs> Don't throw books. We don't throw books. And then I have to stop and realize, well, guess who just threw a book? Yeah, big monkey, the big monkey, the big dumb monkey just threw the book across the house. And little monkey now thinks that that's what you do with the book. So good job me, right? Awesome. Uh, So then this morning, I am getting little monkey, uh, trying to get both little monkeys out the house, which again is... You know, it's super fun. It's it's my morning routine. It's also super stressful at times because there's timelines associated with these things. And kids, uh, at least my kids, and, and I, I can't blame them. I'm sure I was the same way. Because I especially remember my grandpa always kind of talking about this with me and always trying to put watches on me so I could tell time and get places quicker. But anyway, um, the little slow pokes, little monkeys, I'm trying to get shoes on I'm trying to get my own shoes on and uh you know little monkey's bouncing around and doing what he does and I put my foot up on we have like a it's kind of like a giant ottoman table so an ottoman you know that you put your feet on it's kind of like that but it's also a table and it is fairly so it's like a coffee table size it's really cool and I, you know, put my foot up on it or my shoe up on it so I could tie my shoe while I was trying to do things with him. 
And what's he see me do? He sees me, now I'm not, this isn't occurring to me yet. I'm, you know, tying my shoe. What's he do? He climbs up there with both feet and, you know, acting like he's going to stand up, which is a thing he knows he's not supposed to do, but um, every once in a while he likes to do it in defiance and because it's a fun game for him because he knows he could get a rise out of Elena and I when he stands up on the on the thing. And so he jumps up there and he's crouched down, you know, which he knows is like, Pushing, pushing the line. He's not fully standing, which is definitely a no-no. Uh, and I go to, you know, to kind of like give him a no, no, no. We don't stand up on there. And mid-sentence, I realize what's Daddy doing? Daddy's got his shoe and one foot up on this thing. Now, good luck to me to try to explain to a toddler the difference between me having my foot up on there to tie my shoe and me climbing up on there fully like the way he was right what's how is he to make a distinction like that right and i could get mad and complain and tell him no that's you know daddy's doing like this so this is okay the way you're doing is not okay right there's no way there's no way he's going to get that at least not this age and so monkey see monkey do that's what came to me this morning it was like you know i've got it's just one of those things you've got to be so careful about the things that i do because these little guys are picking up on it whether i'm aware of it or not whether they're aware of it or not and so these habits become even more obvious or more you know i become more conscious of the habits that i want to keep in the ones that i could use some improvement on so monkey see monkey do. Do you have little monkeys around? Do you even have big monkeys around? Who <laughs> are uh, so yeah. So this other um, thought along that is synchronicity and being in sync with the people around you. And the extent that that happens, you know, there's probably varying factors. How much time you spend with this person? How much rapport do you have with this person? Those kind of things, right? Uh, couples that have been together a long time or even friends that have been together a long time, you you know, can anticipate the other person's mood sometimes or their what they're gonna say. You may finish each other's sentences. You may know where they're gonna want to go for dinner or lunch because maybe it's the same couple places every time, but maybe it's also because you you just know each other that well, right? And um there are times like that even when you don't know the person very well. So you may be um at out out at an event in public with with strangers and random things you may both go to scratch you and some person standing next you may go to scratch your heads at the same time or shift positions at the same time we know uh salespeople are familiar with body language and well you know people who study this kind of stuff are more consciously aware and and people who are more naturally you know uh, i'd say outward uh focused more um <clears throat> Uh, what's the word? Yeah, when you you know focus and uh, more out <laughs> outward focus, I'm still saying, uh, you know, there's folks that are more internally focused, and there are people who are more outspoken, more into socializing. And for some of them, I would guess that it's just natural to do some of these things that they do when building rapport, when mirroring and matching body language and tone and intonation and speed of language and speed of movement. All these things are largely unconscious for most people as we communicate with each other there are things that people do that if you're aware of them and you are tuning into them 
then you can start to become more in sync. And naturally, we as people like people that are more like us, right? And just as a general statement, right? And especially unconsciously, if we're meeting somebody new and we have things in common, we're going to probably hit it off quicker and easier, right? We have things that we can talk about. We have shared experiences around this thing, and that gives us instant rapport. So why is this interesting? So I'll give you some interesting examples around this. Um, one time I was at a sporting event. I think it was a hockey game or something. It's a long time ago. And they're, you know, just sitting in this in the seats with uh, my dad and I think my brother and um, we, you know, it, something happened. There's uh, a goal, I think, scored from our team and I screamed like, whoo, and I went, it was like, whoo, yeah, it was one of those, right? Like the most <laughs> generic, like crowd screams that you could do, but I did too. I did too. It was the, whoo, yeah, like that, right? And what was fascinating was there was a couple sitting right behind me. And when I did the whoo, the lady behind me did it at the exact same time and the exact same pitch. And before I could even think there was a moment that said, hey, do this other one so it's not like I'm copying this lady, I did the yeah. And right as I did the yeah, her partner, her the guy sitting with her, did a yeah at the same exact time and the same exact pitch. I kid you not. And I contemplated turning around and acknowledging this insane coincidence. But I also sat there and thought, this is too bizarre. And these people are going to think, um, who knows what they're going to think? How did that happen? How did that happen? Right? It was, what are the odds of two people, three people sitting right next to each other, randomly screaming the same exact thing at the same pitch at the exact same time. The odds are, who, who, how would you even go about calculating that? I don't know. But yet it happened. So something, the, the way I interpret these kind of things, and I see it. And so uh, quick context is, um, for those that you don't, don't know, I've been uh, involved with events for probably 20, actually, I mean, I've personally produced events for probably 19, 18-ish years, I guess, and um, 18, 19 years, probably even a little bit more, probably, I guess, 20 years, if not more. Um, I've been a, a musician for pretty much my whole life, and I've played professionally for many, many years and DJed for many, many more, and so I, I've gotten the chance to look at a lot of crowds, you know, from the point of stage, from looking out at a bunch of people looking back at me. And what's interesting is, from from my perspective, and what I've noticed in certain situations is sometimes the energy in the room flows through people, through like waves of people. People will be inspired to do something right at the same time as that wave of energy flows through them. And it's fascinating. It's And so when people talk about like the energy in the room is this and that, it's like there really is an energy there. And if you're sensitive to it, you can see it, you can experience it, you can become aware of it, you can interact with it. And so that's part of what I, you know, the knowledge that I want to bring to people is more of a conscious awareness of how to do that. And I'll give a, another kind of interesting example. So the other night I was laying in bed 
and I was playing with time because I, and I, I think the episode I did right after this was the time travel episode, uh, which you maybe have, uh, I think I published it. We'll see. I don't, I haven't published it as of the time of this recording, but by the time you're listening to it, it'll probably have been within a few weeks of this episode. So just look up time travel in the podcast if you're interested. Findyflow.com, uh, podcast. And I was laying in bed and I was like meditating and kind of just exploring. And, um, I, I was asking for, for divine wisdom, right? I was just kind of clearing my mind and asking for you know higher power wisdom and light from above and um and as i was kind of doing this like i i was going in and out of those kind of practices and things and then um there was this i and i had my eyes kind of closed you know it wasn't my physical eye so much as my psychic eye my third eye and um and i could see this light coming down on elena toward elena she's laying to my left hand side and the moment it touched her, her arm in her physical reality, you know, she's sleeping. She doesn't know I'm doing any of this, right? As soon as the light touched her, she jerked. Her body, like, jumped up, kind of. And, you know, she just kind of turned in bed, you know. Not like it woke her up, but it kind of was like a startle. And um, she kind of was, you know, grog was a little groggy and awake. And I was just like, whoa, I just saw this thing. And then she kind of woke up and she's like, well, what do you mean? What was it? You know, then I kind of panicked her. Um, we lived in a house that was fairly haunted uh, years back, and she used to just, it used to bother the crap out of her, and so she kind of, you know, starts getting paranoid and freaking out a little bit, and was like, no, no, it wasn't anything, you know, crazy, and um, so anyway, that was uh, just, like, this energy is there, and it's real, and you see, if you're sensitive to it, you can see the way it affects people, and the way people affect it, and whether or not they're aware of it. So that was kind of the idea with this monkey see monkey do is it, it happens at a lot of levels, I think. And the more aware of it we can become, the more we can consciously decide which things we want to pass on to little monkeys. And again, with little, maybe you don't have kids, maybe you, you know, work with adults only or whatever. It's the same kind of thing that, you know, we're social, social creatures. We pick up on things from each other whether we're aware of it or not we act and react in ways that we're often not conscious of and so the parts that we are bringing consciousness to awareness to how you know are these things that i would like for other people to do too right am i acting completely in alignment with the way that i want to show my kids things am i you know putting my foot on something and telling my my kid not to climb up on something meanwhile he's looking at me doing it from his perspective you know how are the actions that i'm doing being interpreted and that there's only so much control i have over that right but and i do things you know all the i did some stupid things at work the other day and it's like after doing it i realized like oh that's you know going to come across totally not the way i wanted it to come across it's going to come across really jerky you know, it is an email and uh so i was like ah but people just know what i meant and i let it eat at me for a week before I finally wrote another email back and tagged everybody on it saying like, hey, that's, I, I didn't mean it to sound so jerky and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's it, guys. Just uh, the monkeys out there and big monkeys, little monkeys, monkey see, monkey do. Are you doing what you want other monkeys to do? Are you leading by example? Are you the change that you want to see? And if not, why not? And what could you do about it? That's what I'm working on this week. So until next time, my friends, be flowing.
Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittis, and I am here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is about co-living. What is co-living? Co-living is living together with people who are of like mind. I am not an expert in this subject. I do have a good friend who is. And I'm uh, just kind of doing a pre-warm-up to that show. I don't know if if I'm going to have her on that show, on this show actually. I did reach out to her recently about it because I think what she's doing is such a neat example of social flow and cash flow potentially also. And I wanted to, and spirit flow, and body flow, and mind flow. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's the whole find your flow package all rolled into a living space. And that's why I think it's fascinating because she is a very successful entrepreneur and she lives with other very successful entrepreneurs. And that is not by accident. It is not by accident. So it's important. Uh, I'm reading her book. She's got a, a book out. It's really cool. It's called The Co-Living Code. And it is the first book in this industry niche of housing that really delves into the how and why of co-living and what, what is it? And so I'm not all the way through the book, but I'm very excited about what I've read so far and the concept. And so a few years back, uh, you, if you're new to the podcast, then I'll share this. If you're not new, I'm going to share it either way, I guess. Uh, but just to give you some context, some years back there when, uh, when our oldest son was about two and a half, three-ish, um, before we had our second son, it's just the three of us, Elena and the little guy and us, and me. And um, Elena had some health issues. Some she got in, she had uh, some serious health issues. And I was very much experiencing what it might be like to be a single parent, and on top of that, also a caretaker because she was in severe, severe pain and couldn't always take care of herself and couldn't be left alone sometimes and, you know, needed a lot of care and a lot of focus and, um, you know, on top of that, so did our little toddler and so did my jobs and uh, it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot, a lot and it went on for a full year of challenge for me and, you know, there was really, really hard times during that. And I would, you know, try to figure out, like, my gosh, if, if, you know, heaven forbid, if I lose Elena in this whole ordeal, you know, what am I going to do with this kid? And how am I going to do it? She's my rock and the one that keeps the house together and, you know, all these things that I am really not good at with, um, like, household responsibilities, <laughs> you know, paying bills. Um, honestly, it's one of the first things I did when that, when it all started coming onto my plate was like, I canceled cable. I can't, I just started canceling things. I was just like, dude, we're not like, forget this. We don't need this. We don't need that. We need, and you know, I just went down and started cutting things out and, you know, she would kind of recover and rally a little bit and then she'd see what I did and just be like, no, you can't just do that. You you know, like we need cable. We need a phone. We need this. We need, I, and you know, I'm just like, no, I, I don't think we do. And, uh, you know, she would we turned it back on and managed to keep it and all that. But, um, it was just crazy. It's crazy. So I would always, you know, I 
was very uh, much more aware of the plight of the single parent and how freaking hard it is. And um, and it was just like, okay, well, how you know, because I was working a lot. You know, I worked um, as a teacher at one school, and then I had private students all over the county, so I'd be driving around every day and um, might have been doing DJ gigs probably on the weekends. And so that was kind of my my schedule back then was I did teaching at a school in the morning, private lessons in the afternoon and evenings, and then DJ gigs on the weekends. So um, full-time musician, teacher, music guy, and it was awesome. But it's also very challenging, right? Because I had to make sure that the kiddo was watched during this time. I had to make sure that she was watched and taken care of. So it's kind of like having two kids, one of which was grown and, you know, going through uh, the trials of her life. And, um, you know, it's very draining. And so um, so this idea of, like, what do people do? Like, how do people do this? You know, I have family, fortunately. Thank goodness for my family. I really appreciate my family. And they were able to help out. And... um but even then it was hard because my family scattered throughout the county and San Diego is a pretty big county. And it's the logistics of like, okay, I need to go work today. Can anybody help? It's like, yeah, well, we got to go to work too, right? Or we're far away and we can't, we can only help so often kind of thing. And so um, the day-to-day struggle was real for sure. And so I, I realized like, man, there's people who don't even have family near them. You know, what do they do? How do these people get by? How are they surviving? You know, we started racking up doctor bills and it uh, it got insane. We had to liquidate um, part of our retirement asset and uh, poof, gone with the quickness. We were able to live off it. It got us through, but it, it went really quick. And so, um, yeah, being able to figure out this housing thing was like, man, I, you know, I was getting to the point where I was like going to start looking, trying to find a roommate because I needed help paying the bills and I needed somebody to help take care of her and the baby. And so I was like, what I really need is a live-in nanny. I need somebody who can take care of the house for me while I'm out earning the money because I can't do both. And, uh, and you know, my life partner who would normally be handling part of this can't do it either. And I need somebody to take care of her. And so all these things are, you know, variables are starting to go through my mind of like the different ways that might work and like, you know, what kind of person would I need to help me with these kind of things? You know, I'm out trying to figure out outsourcing for my life. And it, you know, it's challenging, super challenging. So, um, so fortunately, fast forward to today, Elaine has been good for years and excuse me, healthy and uh, awesome, and we had a second child, and that's been a blessing, and we're very fortunate, and I feel very, very fortunate every day, and, uh, you know, that's why I'm happy to not do anything sometimes, just hang around the house and just be with them, like, I just all of us being healthy, hanging out together, it's, like, I know, I know at a very deep level how lucky I am, and I really appreciate it, and so I don't have to go on fancy trips or do any of these things, um, you know, although it's fun to do and I'm not dissing that at all. I'm just saying that even just when we're just sitting at home uh, doing nothing, it's it's still amazing. Okay. So this co-living thing, when um, I started seeing more of it and uh, my friend Christine doing it and the way she was doing it was very, I saw and it's like, yeah, that's, that's a really smart idea, you know, just people, roommates and all this is something, I've only lived with roommates a um, 
a couple times during college and uh it was a pretty neat experience you know it was really fun I got to learn other about other people and where they come from and what they do and you know interact and it's kind of cool and fun uh I did that for about 2 years i lived with um roommates maybe two and a half years and then shortly after that got moved out and moved in with Elena and we've been together ever since. So um, not a ton of experience on that whole housing side of it, you know, being single, you know, we got married really young. So we've been together for most of our lives. And uh, so it, it was, you know, it was very like when that whole thing was going down, it's like, shoot, I don't, what am, I have no idea where to even begin trying to fix this whole thing. Right. And, so this co-living thing, as I'm reading Christine's book, she's talking about the importance and value of people being of like mind and being of, you know, shared vision and kindred spirits because you're living with these people. And for a lot of single people and or maybe even couples just wanting to have kind of more of a community that they can interact with and be with, but also have space of their own to, you know, when you need that alone time and just the importance of selection when building your tribe and putting your house together and so she goes into a lot of depth around that and how what that process looks like in these houses that she's been putting together so she's got a couple here in San Diego and one up in LA opening and uh, you know this is something that she's developing an app for to help people get more connected and in this way and be you know put together better uh, houses Full of folks that are like-minded and uh, kindred spirits and all that and so for me I'm excited because I am excited about the real estate component of it as well and being able to use this as an investment vehicle to provide these kind of houses and uh, provide investors the opportunity to you know to work within this niche so those are kind of the angles that I'm excited about and again it's just this this idea of it's, you know, a lot of people, as she points out in the book, will look at other factors first. Like, okay, well, I work in this area, and so I would like to be close to this, but, oh, because of my budget, I have to move maybe a little bit further out, and so that puts me in this area. And so, you know, commute or budget or these other factors come first for selecting a place to live a lot of times is, you know, kind of what she was saying in the book. And instead of like, hey, here's um you know this group uh, here's the things that are important for me and my life and my uh vision and my future and then there's these other factors and let's figure out other people that are similar and like-minded that have similar goals and uh you know we can figure out the living situation within certain parameters and you know that's kind of the, the basic idea so wanted to share that because I think it's really, really cool. I wanted to encourage you if you're in a situation where you're maybe going to be looking for a roommate or looking for a new place to live, check out her book, Co-Living, and The Co-Living Code by Christine McDaniel. And uh, just really neat stuff, social flow to the max, and spirit flow because they're supportive of each other, like-minded folks. Um, they've got their own private chef who makes all their meals for them. They've got, uh, you know, the house cleaner. They've got all these things that are basically because they're 
like-minded entrepreneurs and they want to focus on the same kind of things, they've got all this other stuff outsourced. So they could just live their life and be awesome and have fun and focus on their business and support each other in their business growth. And because they're entrepreneurs, uh, they all understand that that lifestyle, you know, which is different than somebody that goes to work and has a day job. It's very different. If you aren't an entrepreneur, then, you know, you can only imagine what it's like to be living like an entrepreneur and the stress and the ups and downs of it that go along with it. And, um, you know, you want to be around other people that <clears throat> that get it, you know, that can really relate because they're going through it too. So that kind of, and, and you know, that could go for other things like nurses. Um, you know, if you're maybe in the, the nursing community, though, you know, you folks go through, those folks go through things that probably normal everyday other job people don't go through that you could all relate to one another for. And so having a household or a community that you live in that supports that and gets it because they're going through that too could be huge for you. That could be uh, an awesome thing. So that's kind of the big concept here. And I would encourage you if, uh, again, if you're looking for that kind of social flow, living situation flow, pick up her book, The Co-Living Code. And uh, again, her name, Christine, Christine McDaniel, and she's awesome. And uh, I will be working on some stuff, hopefully around this. Maybe not. I'm not entirely sure. I did reach out to her recently to let her know that I was interested in being involved in that, um, you know, from an investor type standpoint. So we shall see, friend. I'll keep you posted. I'm not attached to it. If it works, awesome. If not, I'm sure it'll work. It, what she's doing is going to work. She's a an all-star. She is uh, going to make it happen. The level of my involvement, I'm not sure. But again, it's okay. It's okay. So all I want to do is spread the word, help you get more flow and social flow. And what I, what, uh, I think what she is doing is definitely going to improve social flow for the world. I think that there's uh, harmony in the household then you go out and radiate that harmony out and it makes the world a better place so that's it for today friend social flow for you i hope you enjoy that one way or another maybe you know somebody that's in that situation that they're looking for housing and and they would like to be with people who support them and are awesome for them so share it refer it out i appreciate it and until next time my friend be flowing Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.